to Stephen Runs Vegan. Thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time here, hello, welcome, thank you very much. My name is Stephen, I'll be your podcast host. I hope you enjoy what I have to offer. If you're a recurring listener, incredible. That's I, I, I'm so appreciative. I really, I'm glad there's something I'm doing that makes you uh, return to this podcast. So thank you very much for that. I hope you're doing well. It's 2020. It's a bit topsy-turvy. But regardless of what's going on big picture, I hope all is well with you in your world. So today I feature an interview with a friend of mine, a guy I know from social media, but someone I, I'm proud to call a friend these days, Owen Harney. Owen is a vegan, he's a runner, trail and ultra runner, and he also volunteers at an animal rescue shelter in the west of Ireland. Really a great follow on Instagram for the scenery and the the stuff he produces, the backdrops he runs in are just stunning. And I hope you'll agree with listening to the podcast today, it was my first real chat with Owen face-to-face, or virtually face-to-face, and he's just a wonderful guy. He's full of recommendations for people to follow, videos to watch, and um, really has a good attitude to the world, and I took a lot out of our, our interview together, so I hope you will too. I won't go on too long, the interview covers a lot of a wide variety of subjects, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for listening, here is my interview with Owen Harney. Folks, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan, the podcast. I'm here with Owen Harney. Owen is a uh, friend of mine, I would say, although distantly. We we know each other through the likes of Instagram and Strava, but um, these days that counts as good as any. So, Owen, hi there. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Stephen. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. Um, I've been following you, like I said, for a couple of years now on Instagram. I think really inspiring, beautiful scenery. A lot of good to be found there. But you recently did something even more remarkable, which is what made me st- get up and take note and want to <laughs> your brains about it all. So um, do you want to just give a quick synopsis of what you've done recently and uh, we can go from there? Yeah, so the, the, the recent thing to, to which you're referring was a, um, a fundraiser, um, a marathon that I ran as a fundraiser for Moderate Dog Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The idea, I suppose, came about from the fact that during COVID, so many, for so many charities, I guess, their regular fundraisers were either cancelled or, you know, severely downsized. Um, so I was trying to come up with a way that I could do a fundraiser on site. So something that meant that, you know, there was no problems with any social distancing or with, well, any kind of COVID safety things. Um, so out at the kennels at Madra, they have a trail out the back, uh, which is for walking the dogs. It's roughly 460 meters of a loop. Um, it's very typical Connemara land. Uh, you know, where, where the kennels are located is about, <clears throat> about 45 minutes outside Galway city. Um, you know, really middle of nowhere kind of terrain. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice loop. It's like, uh, they kind of, they basically built it themselves. They just dug it into the field out the back. So it's, 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 you know, it's a rocky sort of a trail, the kind of thing you'd expect to be hiking on, um, but a short loop. So I had the idea to 
to run a marathon around that loop. So it was, uh, and in the yeah, end, it was kind of. As you said, it was, um, you know, a 600 meter loop, something quite small. So how many did it take? And was there a lot of mathematics involved? <laughs> it was about, uh, it was about 460 meters, the loop. Um, so in the end, it took just under 92 loops. Wow. Yeah. Remarkable. <laughs> so I want to ask a bit more about that later, but um, yeah, yeah. for some people, they're, they're, a lot of my listeners might not be runners. And they just the fact you said you ran a marathon for some is already like, whoa, hang on, let's, this guy's legit, which is true. It's never to be uh, under underwhelmed at all. But um, so you're from Galway, originally the, the west of Ireland. Is it Galway that I heard or are you there now? Uh, I've been in Galway more or less since... 2008 when okay. I went to university here um, but I'm from just outside Athlone so from the Midlands. All right the, uh, I have to yeah. ask the, the Westmead side or the Roscommon side? Uh, so my dad is from the Roscommon side and my mom's from the Westmead side and I've lived we've lived together on both sides. All <laughs> oh, right okay very yeah. diplomatic of you I could hear the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the <laughs> coming out in your accent there. But I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Like, um, you've lived in Galway in, for the last few years. Now, the city itself is incredible, very cultural. If anyone is not from Ireland, it's right on the West Coast, on the Atlantic Coast. A small city, yeah. kind of quite a nice laid-back atmosphere. It's not hectic at all, and it's quite a cultural place. That's the city, but then the, the, the scenery, the countryside, the landscape in the West of Ireland in general, particularly around Connemara, is stunning so I, I get a lot of envy when i see um yeah. the, the backdrops in which you run it yeah i mean it is a it is a beautiful county um so i've actually i i lived in mayo for for two years until last july i i went from galway to mayo for two years and then back to galway so i'm well acquainted with the west of ireland at this stage <laughs> yeah and it's not a bad place to be acquainted to so off topic again but bear with me i took a a surfing trip to Bundoran in the northwest in Donegal when I was cool. 19. And that was my first trip out to the west of Ireland since like my parents took me at five or something. I have nothing of my adult memory anyway. And it, I didn't realize like the stuff they show on the postcards for those tourist board photos, that's there. Like it's just, yeah. it's hard to appreciate it or to yeah. convey the, the, the beauty out there. Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, I've seen more of Galway, um, the, the wider county, we'll say, in the last two months than I had in a few years. Because when we were forced, you know, to stay within the county, I was, we were trying to come up with, you know, every Friday evening, every Saturday, where are new places to go that we haven't been to before. Um, and yeah, there's so much, there's so much beautiful landscape, beautiful places to, to run, hike, whatever you want to do in, uh, in Galway, yeah. Yeah, that is a small silver lining in this terrible time Absolutely. we live in, that it's forcing yeah. us to stay home, <laughs> staycation, see our own areas. And yeah. in most cases, that's just, there is a lot to see and do that we kind of gloss over when we live there every day. So it's, as I said, only a silver lining. It's not a great time, but we, we make the best no, of it. No, but it's something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So at what stage did you get into running? Like, the, Have you been athletic your whole life or was it a more recent discovery? Uh, well, first of all, there's, there's actually two different ways I can answer that question. 
And it's funny because when, whenever I meet people and we're talking about running and they ask me how long have I been running, the way that I initially go to answer that question isn't the way that's entirely true. And the reason, <laughs> yeah. the reason for that is there are, two, there are two different versions. There's the version of when I first you know, did a like 5K uh, and when I really started enjoying running. And that distinction is a bit of road running I did and when I started trail running. Um, but just to, just to go back a little bit further, I mean, in one form or another, I've been running my whole life. But I was, when I was younger, we'll say until I was in my you know, mid-20s, I was never into running for the sake of running. It was on the football pitch. Yeah. Um, I never went out for a run. I was running most days of the week, but I was chasing a football or chasing someone around the pitch, you know. And it's a very different uh, type of movement too. Very different. And I never enjoyed, you know, like the kind of laps you have to do at training or sprints or that kind of stuff. Or I, was, yeah. I never got into athletics or community games or that kind of thing. Uh, I never, I was never into running for the sake of running. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to actual running for the sake of running, um, in, I actually had to think about this, uh, 2014, um, my girlfriend was training for the Dublin Marathon. Okay. Uh, so she was already, she was already doing a good bit of running and I said, you know, it should be something kind of nice to do together. So I'll do a bit of training. Um, so signed up for my first 5k that summer. And, uh, then a month later, she had signed up for a 30k down in University of Limerick. It was the, the human race 30k. Oh, wow. And I, I had signed up for, I was nowhere near ready for, you know, that level of running. So I signed up for the half marathon. Um, but then about a week or a week and a half beforehand, I decided, nah, let's just do the 30k and just see wow. how it goes. <laughs> Half, um, half marathon is already a big step. If you're just do, at a 5K level, the jump to half marathon. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, like I had been doing a bit of training with her. So I had run further than 5K, but I had never done. That was the first 5K event, we'll say. Okay. That I'd done. Yes. Yeah. So the second, the second official running event I ever did was that 30K. <laughs> wow. Um, now, ad admittedly, I think I finished definitely among the last 10 people to finish it <laughs> like because I was no, I was nowhere near ready for doing it but I just decided I sure we'll see what happens you know um and then then the following year uh I, I kind of liked the idea of doing a marathon you know and um, it's just one of those things uh so we both signed up to do a marathon together in 2015 hmm. and it was quite a cool one actually it was the um Sparkas uh, Three Lander Marathon. So oh, it's the one that, yeah. Austria, do, you know, do you know it? Yeah. Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool. So it starts, it starts in Lindau in Germany, and you go around uh, Lake Constance into Austria, into Switzerland, and then you finish in, um, finish in Bregenz in, in Austria. Wow. Uh, so it, it, was, it was quite a cool one to do, you know. But it really, was one of the, it really was just one of those things of doing a marathon to kind of tick it off the list. Mm. Um, and I didn't actually run again for like about a year and a half um, yeah. because I just wasn't that into it um, you know uh, it kind of was once I had ticked that off the list I thought cool I've done that um, and yeah and just wasn't wasn't that fussed okay. but um, then so yeah about a year and a half later was when we moved Aoife got a job in Balanagh and we moved um, 
and at the time I was actually just going through a really difficult time uh, back then I was doing a PhD I was towards like the latter half of it and just really not in a great place with it um, sure. so I saw the move the, the move like moving house moving uh, moving location I was like okay this is a bit of a fresh start let's just um, you know try and try and get into a different headspace here nice um, so then started doing a bit of running again um, and you know I look back now that was when I like a run was going for three kilometers um, a few times a week and there was just there was a nice running track nearby and it was kind of a way to uh, to see the new place that I've moved to okay. um, so yeah I was just doing a little bit of running and enjoying it um, but what really changed was when I discovered a really nice woodland area nearby and I was just kind of running there on, on the paths at first. And then I saw these trails. I was like, okay, what's down here? Um, and then I ran a bit on the trails and I thought, this is cool. You know, I'm just running through the trees here and up this little hill. And, you know, um, and it was really fun. And I'd never run on trails before. I didn't really know much. I didn't know anything actually yeah. about yeah. trail running, you know. And uh, it just, it felt so different. And especially at a time when things like, I was really struggling with my thesis and all that kind of stuff. And it was such a nice way to start the day, just get out, run around, you know, on the trails and the trees and like seeing like the, um, the woods that were in, there was actually a really high population of red squirrels, oh, which wow. is really nice. So like you'd see them at the same time every morning and yeah, it was just a really nice way to start the day. Um, yeah. So I was just getting really interested in this trail running thing and wanted to learn more about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Start, I, I would on a lot of my runs I would listen to the Nomad Athlete podcast um, which actually I found myself thinking earlier today it's like because you've been on that podcast this is the closest I will ever come to being on the Nomad Athlete podcast <laughs> oh, that's, that's a interesting one right? very flattering <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think our numbers are quite at the at the same level just yet but um yeah it's, it's still it's still closer <laughs> true it is one of those weird things where i've gone they've done the full circle with no meat athlete like you i was getting into running and veganism and said oh what's this and i got yeah, i started enjoying the podcast listening to the guys and learning a lot about it to now where i'm like just friends with matt and we we've hung out and it's i it's weird. I, I've told him this and it's, it's weird to say, but with many podcasters, it's probably true. Like if you hang out with them and just close your eyes and like listen to them talk and like, that's the podcast guy. And you open your eyes and you just, you're sharing a beer with a friend and it's the same guy. That's oh a, man. Yeah. That's cool. Weird to get used to, but, but it, I appreciate you giving us the full spectrum of your story there versus, <laughs> versus the short and sweet version, which is like, it's what I, I have my own version of that story as well. If I need to throw it out quickly. Sure. But um, so, what? How many races have you done, like official events? You mentioned the the first few that got you into the whole thing. What have you done since then? And if, uh, while I'm don't, I'm just opening this. I forgot to do it before I hit record, so don't mind me here. That's okay. Um, so shortly after that time, um, when as I said, I was just kind of discovering trail running. Um, I signed up for what was my first trail run. Uh, it was a mountain run, actually. Oh. Um, it was the Nathan up and over challenge. So Nathan, as in the mountain, Nathan was at the time 25 minutes or so from where I lived. Nice. Um, and I'd never, I'd never been on Nathan before. So 
the, how the event worked was you started in the village of Lahardon and ran roughly forward down the road till you got the base of Nathan, then you went up one side, back down the other side, and then back on the road again uh, to the village. And uh, yeah, it was a really fun event. Like I'd never, <clears throat> I'd never done anything like it. It sounds um, tough. It was, it was tough. Um, it was tough for a first, a first trail run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, being more of a mountain run than a trail run, you certainly weren't running all the time. <laughs> no, very uh, true. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, it was really, it was really. In some of these races, if you do try to run, you're burning more energy and a good hiker will overtake you anyway. So. Oh yeah. It's counterproductive. At times. Yeah. 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 But, um, so then that was closely followed by my first of the Irish Mountain Running Association events, oh, cool. um, which I had just, again, you know, recently discovered. And I did the uh, Ballyhowra uh, Trail Half Marathon. Mm. And that was, uh, so April 2018. Um, and that was an absolutely beautiful run. Um, we got lucky in that it was, you know, April is very hit and miss, like <laughs> I guess most most months or weeks or even days in Ireland. Yeah. Um, but got really beautiful weather and it was just 21 kilometers, almost all on trails, apart from little road sections between, you know, between trail sections. But um, oh, it was it was such a fun day. I, I enjoyed that so much. Sounds great. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. The thing I love about a lot of those races as well, the smaller trail races, is that the community is just sound. You know, these people are really decent. Everybody's out to look after each other. There's a lot less ego and competition involved. It's more of a fun day out for everybody. Oh, completely. I mean, I had some great, I had some great chats along the way. Um, and that's something that happens in nearly every, uh, nearly every trail run, you know? Yeah. Um, it was quite funny, actually, in a different event, um, I think it was maybe the Glen of Arherlow Marathon, which a trail marathon, which I did last year. Um, happened to fall in beside two guys at one point, and we were running along and just chatting a little bit. And uh, one of the guys, he was struggling a little bit to kind of um, to keep chatting, and he goes, he says, um, you know, "I don't mean to be rude, but he's like I'm I'm not able to talk anymore. I, I have to focus on running." Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think... for the next for the next while, then. You know, the three of us were together, two of us were chatting, and one was just listening and focusing on. <laughs> I think we've all had moments in races like that where I've run a lot of my Irish races and a lot of them in general with my dad. And he's a wonderful running partner. He's a great athlete himself um, for our level anyway. But he's so upbeat and positive, and I try to be as well. But there are moments <laughs> in the race where I'm, he's, it's mile 19, the finish line's still too far away to be comfortable. and he's singing or whistling or like chatting up the, the girl running beside us. And I'm, <laughs> I just need to suffer now. This is the stage of the race that I'm at. How can you still yeah. be so, uh, Mary Poppins about everything? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, but it is, a, it's a great community. It is, yeah, it is a great community. Would you say you, what, which one of your races are you most proud of? Whether it is that be that time performance or just a fun day? One, one that you'd recommend maybe to people. Oh, that feels like separate questions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I will try and answer that uh, in in pieces. The one that I'm probably most proud of 
I would say is the first trail marathon that I did, uh, which was, I think it was either the 15th or the 16th of December, 2018. December. Um, yeah, December. Yeah, it wasn't really part of the plan. The plan was I wanted to do a trail marathon. I had it set in my head I was going to do one that year. And I had actually planned to do one in September, but something came up and I couldn't do it in the end. And this was the only one left. So I said, okay. Well, um, I respect your commitment to that pledge. Uh, <laughs> so it was, um, it was the Glanaginty Trail Marathon down in Kerry. Um, it was an absolutely beautiful run. It was kind of... It, it, it didn't seem ideal initially because, well, one, it was in December. Um, and two, it was, it was a looped marathon. It was four and a half loops. But it was in a place I'd never been before. And it was absolutely beautiful. You know, I mean, things still felt new, even on the fourth loop. Um, yes. But the reason I'm proud of that one, well, I suppose two reasons. One, it was my first trail marathon. So, you know, that was a big thing. Um, yeah. But the weather was horrendous so it was everything from there was rain wind hailstones um and this was hailstones when you were hailstones when you're up on top of a hill you know you're up quite high and then it got worse there was actually lightning oh man you got everything yeah thankfully i got to finish it because i would have been really disappointed if i didn't but about a third of the field didn't get to finish because right. it was a certain, basically at a certain checkpoint when the lightning uh, started, they didn't let anyone pass that checkpoint. They said, not letting anyone back out on the hills. I was already on the hill at that point. <laughs> so in fairness, they, they did the safe thing. Once the lightning started, they Absolutely. pulled any, anyone in. Yeah. Whereas we were already gone by um, before it actually happened. But I was glad because I would have, the fact that it was my first trail marathon, it would have been really disappointing to have to stop after, you know, 35 kilometers and not get to finish it. That's intense though. Already like um, a hilly race, I would, would bet, you know, trails is going to be tougher by default. And then you've yeah. got every weather element under the sun. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I think, I think if I remember correctly, it was about 1,400 meters elevation gain in total. Wow. So, that's, that's you know, a, de a decent bit. Yeah. yeah. I bet that changing into any dry clothes and that first like cup of tea or any warm drink in your hand afterwards would have been probably the best you've ever had. Oh, man. Yeah. The, I, so I had a beautiful cup of tea afterwards. Um, I was very jealous of the people that were having soup, but the soup wasn't vegan, so I couldn't have soup. Oh. But I was so jealous, yeah. Because again, mean, res respect to commitment to the cause there. That's uh, <laughs> if, if ever you you could bend the rules slightly, that I'm sure it would. You know, you'd be forgiven for doing it, but you stuck to the uh, cause there. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was I was just glad to have some tea, just black tea, because again, you know, the only milk was. <laughs> you make do. One, I do want to get into onto the vegan thing, and I don't want to keep you here all night because yeah, it's um, no, like, it's good, chat. Chat, good chat forever. Okay, yeah. cool. But um, there's a race that you'd recommend to people that you've done, like one, especially some of my non-Irish listeners. So imagine you've got that West of Ireland scenery, or maybe not even the West, don't let me speak too soon, but somewhere mm -hmm. like for someone visiting, I would say, go here, do this race, you won't regret it. Yeah. I wish I could recommend a, a race in the West of Ireland, but there are very few, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a real pity, you know? Yeah, this, um, it, it's because perfect place to do it. 
Yeah, but the one thing is it's kind of better for open mountain running. There's not a huge amount of waymark trails. Right. Um, so if I was to recommend a race from ones I've done, I would recommend either the, the Ballyhara Marathon, uh, which I did last year, haven't done the half the year before. Mm. I also, incidentally, if, if you don't mind me uh, adding something in, okay. they, do a nighttime, they do a nighttime version. Um, and I did, I did the half marathon version of that at night last year. And that was so cool. That's, that's next level. That's adding another aspect. Yeah. To wow. It was, it was really cool. It started at, I think it was 2.30 AM or was it midnight? I can't remember. It's anyway, sometime after midnight, it was so, so cool. Wow. So I've cool. never even done a, a night run, like a run in the dark yet. I have a headlamp that I got from the Dublin Marathon running it one year, they gave that headline. Yeah. It's still, cool. I'd be curious, because I've heard it's just, a, there's a totally different vibe, but I, have, did you do much in the dark training for that race? Um, I did a bit, so that's when I was living in Balna, and I mean, that, that woodland area that I knew really well, I'd go there, I mostly did it really early morning, um, because the, the half marathon, the nighttime one was on, I think it was maybe the 19th of January, so it was still dark in the mornings, you know. Okay. So I could go for a run at 6 a.m. in the dark, and it was as dark as it would be. Um, so, yeah, I, d I definitely did practice with the head torch, yeah. And that's um, a reasonable time that you, you're not going to ruin your whole night or day by waking up at 3 in the morning. It's yeah, up so um, I, I would recommend doing a night run like that at some point, especially a trail night run. It was so, so much fun, so cool. Like there was one point where you're up on top of the highest peak, which isn't very high. It's maybe 400 meters or so. So it's not a mountain. It's a big hill, you know. Um, Brandon, there will be but, uh, quite a few Dutch people listening to this. For them, that's already <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, you were up on top of that. And the, it was uh, full moon because they fixed it on a weekend that there'll be a full moon. Oh, nice. happened to be a really clear night. So there was actually good moonlight. Wow. Um, and it was just a misty rain, nothing more than that. So when you, from the light of your head torch, you could just see the, the mist in front of you as you're running along on, on top of this open mountain kind of hill. And I'd never felt anything like it. It was so, oh, yeah. so much fun. Someone had said to me beforehand to expect this, but I didn't really know how to anticipate what it would feel like. Um, but someone said that going at the same speed in the dark versus during the light feels different. It feels like you're going faster in the dark. Oh, wow. And I don't know if I was going faster. I don't think I was going faster, but it definitely felt like I was. Interesting. I've um, never heard that uh, <clears throat> before. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who had done, um, he had done a few ultras actually, some of which went through the night. So he had lots of experience of night running. And he said that to me. And when I was reading about night runs, I read something similar. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really fun, wow. really fun. You're making, um, me, you're making me very curious to try it myself now. Well, I mean, I'd imagine they'll run the same. Uh, they've done it two years in a row now. They'll probably do a third in next January, uh, all going well. Hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it's hard to know, actually. But anyway, um, very cool event. If you get to do something like that somewhere, go for it. I'll, um, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you after the show about this and just send do, me to the website or something, because that sounds... Yeah, really yeah. It's another one of the Irish Mountain Running Association events. Right. Nice. Yeah. Which are all very reasonable, you know, because it's a voluntary organization. 
and you know the race fees tend to be very low which actually brings me on to the next one that i'd recommend um which unfortunately i i was hoping to do my first 50k this year uh, yeah um but uh it was meant to be on back in march and was postponed until may and then has been postponed again and how naive um, we were back in march postpone it to may we'll be fine i know yeah um but anyway, so it's the 51K Morris Mullins in the Wicklow Mountains. Oh, wow. Um, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I did the 25K version last year. Mm. Um, so the, the 51K is just an out and back of the same trail. But it's a really beautiful run. Really oh, wow. beautiful run. I know yeah. that part of the world, the Wicklow, Dublin Wicklow Mountains. You know, I grew up uh, going there yeah. every weekend. And it's just gorgeous. It's not oh, yeah. dramatic mountain landscapes like in maybe in the West or in other parts of the world, but scenery is unbeatable. The Garden County. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic run. Um, I think on the 51K version, there's about 2,000 meters elevation gain. So, you know, a nice amount of climbing as well. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I mean, <laughs> The, uh, like again with the Irish Mountain Running Association events, I think the race fee was twenty euro for oh. a fifty-one k. <laughs> that's like almost covering costs for them. That's nothing. Yeah. So um, so it's also really accessible. Is the point? Yeah. You know? It doesn't have to be an expensive thing to do. Nice. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend everyone just go to Irish Mountain Running Association dot com, whatever their website might be. There's going to be an events tab. And by the sounds of it, you go to one of those races and you can't go wrong. Yeah, there, I mean, I've, I don't know, I think I've run maybe six of their events since I got into trail running, which, as I said, is really only since early 2018 or so. Um, mm. But I've enjoyed every one of them, you know. Uh, nice. So I, this just came into my mind. I haven't told you about this question, but quickly, do you have any sort of, race horror stories have you ever had a real screw up at an event or just a, a, a race that went terribly for you um not on trails okay <laughs> yeah i can that, believe that. Um, Absolutely. yeah that uh, that one the one road marathon i did i mean i was not ready for it <laughs> the 30 um, oh the marathon the, oh the, the, the marathon yeah i was i was not ready for it and like it it was it was really unfortunate um and I, I don't get like flus or anything like that very often, but the week before I had a bit of a flu. And so at the, at about the halfway point of that marathon, I just couldn't catch my breath. Like any, you know, at, at my, at my normal pace. Right. Um, so I ended up having to slow down and I think I did the second half of that, I don't know, like 45 minutes slower or something than the, I mean, look at the thing was it was my um, it was my first marathon. I was enjoying it anyway. I kind of just wanted to do it, okay. um, so I wouldn't go as far as calling it a horror story. But it definitely was one that didn't go right, you know. Sure. Um, I think, I think but you're, at allowed, the, you're allowed that with your first marathon. Yeah, but at the same time, and I'd forgotten about this. Something really nice did come out of it. Um, so with about three or four kilometers to go. Um, I was shuffling at the stage, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, shuffling along. And there was this guy, I'd guess, I don't know, probably a guy in his early 40s, early mid 40s or something like, and I just overtook him. Well, actually, I was kind of running alongside him for a little bit. And 
I didn't speak German and he didn't speak English, but we both had enough to give each other a bit of a push, you know, just being like, you know, come on, we, we can do this. And he said something similar, I'm assuming in German. Um, but, uh, and then we were running alongside each other for a few minutes and then I kind of shuffled slightly faster than he was shuffling. Yeah. Um, and then when it got to the finish line, I was sitting down and everyone got free beer afterwards. So I was sitting down having a beer. Um, when in Rome. With, yeah, sitting down having a beer with, with Aoife, who, I mean, she had finished like, 45 minutes or so ahead of me and um, because I just I was struggling on the day um, and we were sitting down and and then that guy comes over with his beer and just like clink the glasses uh, together and just gave each other a little again nice. in different languages you know uh, you know well done no, kind of thing no words were needed there you just you were both on yeah it was really it was really nice and I'd actually yeah. forgotten about that it's not oh, something I've thought about in a while. Glad that, that could come back into your mind now I'm glad that we got, we got to hear that little story yeah, it was nice. It was and nice. Yeah. Anyone who's who's run a race, maybe internationally, or if you've run in Ireland, you foreign runners join as well. And mm. I I talk to anyone during the marathon. I talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an Irish trait, and most yeah. people are receptive to have some form of conversation or at least pleasantries if they're if they're able. Yeah, to yeah. But you you might bump into an Italian or a, a whatever someone from anywhere in the world and. You don't really know, but like simple hand gestures, thumbs up or a pat on the back or, you know, those things, you're all, you're all in it together, no matter what language you're speaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, um, covered a lot of your running stuff there, which is, uh, fascinating. And like I said, if anyone, I'll, I'll link to, uh, Owen's Instagram account below the, if you want some running scenery, just, it's a, it's a beautiful account to follow. But you're also um, perfect for this podcast, as your fellow <laughs> you've mentioned already. So you've ticked both boxes there. And uh, if you don't mind, you can give us the long or the short version, the two-minute elevator pitch or the full tale, whatever you feel like sharing about how you – how were you always vegan? When did you become vegan? What, what changed to make, to make it that way? Uh, well, to stick with a bit of a theme here um, – it was Aoife that got me into running and it was also Aoife that got me into, well, at the time uh, that we started going out, Aoife was vegetarian. About two or three months into us going out, you know, it's one of those things that had been on my mind for a long time, but I was convinced that I wouldn't know where to start with giving up meat. Like, what would I eat? You know, I was one of those typical, I just generally like, I didn't know anyone growing up that was vegetarian or vegan. Oh, it's daunting. Um, it, it feels like yeah. a big step, like you're taking a big thing off your plate and yeah. what, what happens next. Yeah. So there was no like convincing or no pushing, but it kind of gave me an opportunity. It's like, okay, I, I think I'm ready to try this now, you know? Um, so that was September, 2013 um, that I went vegetarian. And then, uh, January 2015, uh, we heard about Veganuary, um, mm. which isn't something, I, it's probably been around longer, but it, it, it wasn't something that we knew about, you know. Um, so Aoife said, you know, give that a try, uh, uh, Veganuary. And so I'd say really from about February, maybe about a month later, um, February 2015, been, been vegan since then. Yeah. Would Never you, looked back. <laughs> would you have said the jump from omnivore to vegetarian was bigger than the one from vegetarian to vegan? Oh yeah. I mean, vegetarian to vegan was nothing. 
Um, okay. Yeah. For for me, and I mean for for me anyway, because I was never really one. I didn't eat a lot of cheese. I didn't eat a lot of eggs. It didn't really make a huge difference to me. Some right. people find it much. Some people find that jump nearly bigger than uh, than going vegetarian in the first place. But no, for me, it it wasn't much of a change at all. Okay. But it was the kind of thing where, to be honest, um, even when I was vegetarian, I I didn't know what I know now about the dairy industry, about the egg industry. You know, and if I, if I had, it would have seemed completely inconsistent to me to to be vegetarian but not vegan. But I mean, you learn more, and then you make new decisions based on what you learn. Um, exactly, that, that's what happened, really. You know, I always I was five years vegetarian before <coughs> I went vegan. Finally, I tried a couple of times, but already four or five years in, um, and yeah, I was happy with my lot. I felt felt like I was doing my part. There were no animals being killed on my like yeah. my food and, and that sort of thing. You, and like you said, you don't realize. The, it's all the one industry anyway it, it, there's no your the dairy industry is killing animals the, it's it's not one or the other it's it's all intertwined but i think everyone has their own phase in the journey their own um, timelines so for some people they watch forks over knives and the next morning they're vegan that's it forever sure and for some people they try and they quit and they give in and they get back on the horse and eventually it might stick and I don't think there's any right way. Just everybody needs to do it at their own rate, whatever is sustainable. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, the, the reasons for, or the route to veganism is going to keep changing as, you know, as the context around us, the broader environment around us changes, you know, there's a lot more knowledge of, there's a lot more information about, there's a lot more awareness of veganism now, even compared to when I went vegan. And also I mean, certainly in certainly in Ireland, it's so much easier to get easy access to vegan food, whether that's in supermarkets or in restaurants, you know, so that's that has to help. People just know what the V word means now. It's not like, oh, oh, that, uh, what about cheese? Uh, yeah. uh, honey, is, uh, th- those questions are becoming less and less. Vegan is yeah. not a, a scary word anymore. Th- that's true, actually. You know, now when that happens, and it does happen, but now it's a surprise when that happens, as mm. opposed to being the norm when yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true. Now, now if someone in a restaurant doesn't know what vegan means, you're really shocked that they don't know, whereas before it was probably the norm, you know, so. When I first went vegan, it was also a bit of, I, I, it happened for me in Germany, and I spoke some German, but I was always worried about the language barrier. I found it easier to say I'm lactose intolerant than vegan because okay. you ordered a vegetarian dish and told them you're lactose intolerant, you were fine. And yeah. that felt more powerful because, ah, vegan, what's the difference? Cheese is fine where, oh no, this man is allergic to medical. Yeah, the, yeah sure. I, I don't feel like that is an issue anymore. Or I feel it's... Yeah, yeah I, know, I know what you mean. Um, I have definitely at times in the past felt that that was a safer option too. Mm. you know but thankfully thankfully it is getting it's getting easier and i mean like when we're when we're talking about the intersection of veganism and running i mean there are so many vegan trail runners out there you know both at the like at the elite level and at you know the going for a run at the weekend level it's great you know and did did the two intertwine for you at all like what did your running become better or um what impact did going vegetarian and going vegan have on your sporting life? 
It's it's hard to say really because they didn't happen at the same. Uh, so let me see. I was already. I was already vegetarian. Was I? Actually, I was already vegan before I ever ran a marathon. Okay. So it's kind of hard to say. So I ran that first marathon in October of 2015, and I'd been vegan since the start of that year. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, all I, all I can say is that, I mean, I do feel like I... I do feel like one thing, and it's something that, you know, sometimes people do comment on, as in, in my, like, running circle, um, that I, I do seem to recover quite well, as in the next day, I, I'm not as stiff, I'm not as sore... Yeah. as might be expected i don't uh, <laughs> i don't claim to be like a fast runner i don't do like amazing times or anything but i think i recover well and i think well, like, yeah, I, I i i can i've heard that so often now like i'm not a nutritionist or an uh, a athlete elite sports performance scientist none of that but i know from my own running life and from what i've heard from so many other vegans that that it's too true not to be true if you get me like too many people yeah, yeah. The same thing for it not to be uh, founded in some sort of scientific value. Yeah. I mean, I don't, do you know, or do you follow um, Heather Gordon, the plant powered adventure? No, I haven't heard of her. Oh, okay. Well, Heather is, Heather is another one of those people um, like you that I met through Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, although, you know, we have since met in person because, oh, cool. well, until recently, Heather was living, like she's from Ireland and she, she was still living in Ireland until recently. Um, so yeah, we kind of became, we kind of became friends through Instagram too. Um, but Heather's a, fan, she's a fantastic runner. Um, nice. She's a fantastic runner. Um, she, she's done a few multi-stage races um, you know, like she did the Atacama a few years ago, which is what, 250 odd kilometers over five days, wow. uh, maybe six days. And uh, she did a similar one in, in Costa Rica, um, but she's a vegan runner as well. And, um, and, and what, what did you say her Instagram name was? The Plant Powered Adventure. Plant Powered Adventure. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll send it on to you afterwards. Cool. Um, and I'll, I'll put all these links in the episode description yeah, so people can follow but, um she also recently did uh, a plant-powered nutrition course, the Colin T. Campbell course out of, oh, yeah. um, I think it's Cornell University. So it's something that we've talked about a little bit. I mean, she's she's been a vegan runner since before she did that course, but um, it's something we've talked about a bit since then. And she posts some some useful kind of nutritional information for runners on her, her Instagram account. Oh, great. Yeah, she's she, definitely worth the follow. Like, she's a lovely person, a fantastic runner. As in, like, so when I did the when I did the Ballyhara Trail Marathon last year, she was also doing it. And I think I think she finished either second or third um, woman that day. Wow. Um, so yeah, you know, she she she, she places. Oh yeah, no, no, she she places highly. Like, she's a fantastic runner. Nice, um, nice. Okay, I'll yeah. have to look her up then. Uh, that sounds really cool. Uh, another one that popped into mind, which is far less wholesome and inspiring, but ultra running memes. Do you follow ultra running memes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone is in the running scene at all and trail running, they I don't know who runs this account, but they nail it. They mm. hit the nail on the head every single time. It's it's Instagram is full of wonderful, beautiful, inspiring photos, and it's a wonderfully positive place considering it's the internet. But this one talks about the the reality behind a lot of these yeah no, it's it's really good um, so i feel like we can be yin, yin and yang there with your wholesome plant-powered adventure and 
<laughs> running memes. Yeah. But again, there's there's some fantastic stuff out there. Like I love watching anything Jamil Corey makes. Do you follow any of his stuff? Yeah. He, Steve get high and yeah. uh, yes, the Mountain Outpost is that him as well? Yeah, that's brilliant. It's I I really enjoy that. Um, you know, a little ten, eight to ten minute snippet of all the running news from the week. It's great. Yeah. And I remember um, there's a trail and ultra running trail and ultra runners group on Facebook. It's one of the biggest ones out there for. Yeah, yeah. And I posted in there once just asking people for like silly running stuff because on YouTube, Instagram, all of these places, podcasts, you have wonderfully inspiring people. You know, addicts turn into ultra marathoners and the best athletes, yeah, yeah. and it's full of wonderful inspiration. But you know, you, that doesn't. You don't want. <laughs> you can't be blown away all the time, and you just want some. So I was looking for some laughs. You know, just what, yeah, what, yeah. when I run with buddies, fr- friends in the local community, it's just great crack. People are just having a great time together, and they're not telling their sub story of how their parents, you know, were brought them yeah. in. From, refugees whatever that it it's just a laugh and i was looking for some of that and that led me to um someone posted jamil curry stuff but also 10 junk miles the running podcast ultra running podcast do you know 10 junk miles yeah i've heard of it that's it's not something i've actually listened to though that it's, not yet it i could fully understand why someone would tune in for 10 minutes and think no this this is so annoying. I'm gone because you know sound quality is fine, but they're not professionals. They don't try to be. They're a group of friends <laughs> in Chicago, in the Chicago area, who are also ultra runners. And they, one of them is a recovering alcoholic, so he doesn't. But the rest of them just get drunk through the podcast and gossip about their their local scene and like give unpolitically correct opinions to the latest running news. And it's just, it's not. I don't always agree, and I'm sometimes shouting down the, you know, the headphones or whatever in response to them because they're, you know, they're, they're just normal people. As they say some stupid things, they say some good things, but it feels like you're out running with some friends. And okay. that's a, a vibe that I like to, to tune into sometimes, you know, sometimes rich roll is exactly what you need. And sometimes 10 junk miles is exactly what you need. Yeah, sure. Um, I do actually quite enjoy the Rich Roll podcast, but I haven't listened to it in a while now. A few months, I'd say. I've um, I've gone off. I have phases with Rich Roll where it's every yeah. day, every episode, regardless of the guest, for a yeah. summer for a season, and then I might go six months with without what, listening mm. for some reason. But yeah. yes, it's always high quality. Yeah, I do particularly enjoy um, the Coach's Corner episodes with Chris Hout. I really enjoy those. Yeah. I like his voice. I just like the yeah, way he's a great voice, demeanor. And I'm yeah. aware that I'm podcasting now, and I don't like my own voice, and not in the way that um, oh, I hate the way I sound on on record or whatever. I know what I sound like to other people. I'm over that. But when I hear voices like Chris Hoth, the the tone of voice, the 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 emphasis they put on words, the the you feel like they have a hold over a room if there's a room full of people. I I hear myself absolutely. I don't have that at all. They are just, you could say anything to me and I would listen. <laughs> yeah, no, he does have a great voice for a podcast. Um, so what, what, what else are you um, consuming at the moment? Podcasts, YouTubers, any, anyone worth shouting out? Um, so I, I mean, I, I really enjoy pretty much all of Ginger Runner's content. You know, Ethan Newberry and Kimberly Toshima Newberry, they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, they're really good. No, and I mean, that they'd be one of the probably better known 
um, YouTube channels. One I discovered recently, um, and I say discovered, stumbled upon, whatever way you want to put it, um, Sarah Place. Uh, she's based in the UK. Okay. And yeah, her yeah, her channel's really good. I've only I only started watching some of her videos a few weeks ago. Um so I've been kind of working my way back through some of the earlier ones. And yeah, it's good. It's kind of different. It's some of them are a little bit more um kind of day in the life e kind of content. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, whereas the the ginger runner ones are interviews and really like pristine, high quality produced um documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Hers are she has some really nice kind of bringing you along for a run. What I'm going to do today? What kind of gear I'm using? Um, how I'm training for this race, this 50k, this 10 mile, or whatever. I um, I prefer that that sort of stuff. The more everyday, yeah. filmed on your phone, waking up in the in out of bed kind of lifestyle videos. Yeah, I, I I like the mix, but that's definitely a new one, a new one to me. Um, that I that I quite enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was another one that I'd meant I thought of um billy yang he's another great one too. oh yeah it, yeah again one of the better known and him and ginger runner very u.s focused but a lot of the ultra running scene is still heavily dominated by america so there's going to be a lot of that but billy yang a bit like ginger runner seems like a really nice guy and produces very high quality content beautiful yeah content. even um what's his name casey neistat the famous youtuber do you know casey neistat the name is familiar, but I don't know. Um, he has been, I think he's one of the re reoccurring guests on Rich Roll. He's been on about three or four okay. times, maybe. And okay. um, I think I, I saw his name there, but never watched, listened to those episodes. But through then, I'd see his name other places, and I watched a video or two. And he's also uh, a famous YouTuber now, probably one of the most subscribed. Um, he does makes videos, documentaries, um, but he's also a very avid runner. And he has a couple, if you just search Casey Neistat running on YouTube, the first one will be the, the main, he has one video dedicated to running, which is kind of ginger runner style, but his own tweak on everything. Okay. And then there's just lots of his vlogs and other, um, he's run many of the marathons. He's a famous New Yorker. So I think he gets a guest spot in the New York City Marathon every year. So there are race vlogs. He talks a lot of tech stuff and lifestyle and things in general, but many uh running is a clear passion of his so if you want more okay. lifestyle stuff with a running uh hint running tinge that's another one worth checking out um and then i just thought of another one um do you know harry jones harry runs is his um no you're his all these names on me today i love it yeah uh harry runs or harry jones is his name is he's a welsh runner okay. um uh, yeah, he has some quite good content too. He was, if I remember correctly, I think he was living in he was living in Asia and training in Asia for the last few years. He might be living back in the UK now, mm. um, but he has some really cool training content and race content. Um, so he's worth checking out as well. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I'm, I'm always with all of my interviews. I have the habit of just you know vibing with the guests, which is. Great. I, I like to think I, I would have people on that I get on well with, but that means that, that the thing can run on a lot. And that either requires <laughs> editing, which I'm really bad at because I, I don't want to delete any bit of conversation because I think it's all worth it. You know, you, I'm not harsh enough basically to do that. <laughs> and then that requires um, some discipline on pacing the 
chat so it doesn't go on forever but now here i am and we're just back and forth about things which is great but i do want to <laughs> get through like the 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 rest of what i would want i wanted to talk to you about before we go sure. on side tangents um which is the thing you've already referenced the marathon you ran recently uh, the fundraising um marathon for madra for the dog rescue uh organization yeah. so what at what stage are you sitting at home on your couch and you just think, oh, a light bulb moment? And it, it, where did the plan come from? What, what inspired this? So how it initially came about was, so Aoife and I, we've been volunteering with Madra since October last year, um, which generally for us involves going out there for a few hours on a Sunday and helping out with whatever needs to be done. A lot of the times it's, walking some of the dogs, just making sure that they have exercise and, you know, um, some kind of like physical and mental stimulation, playing with them or whatever, um, yeah. you know, making sure that their food and water and clean beds and less glamorous things like cleaning the kennels. And, you know, you can imagine sure. what cleaning involves when there's 50 odd dogs around. Um, the, the, the crappy work that needs to be done to keep this place. The liter- literally crappy work. Yeah, that was unintentional, <laughs> but yeah. Um, or, you know, often the, the kind of stuff that I suppose you don't, well, I certainly didn't really think about um, in terms of dog rescue before you're uh, kind of see behind the scenes, you know, very often in places like these dogs come in from neglectful or even abusive environments. Um, Dogs that come in that are terrified of people, you know, certainly not, you know, ready to go to a home or even to be to be walked or even to have people near them. So wow. sometimes it involves literally just trying to get dogs comfortable with being around people. So that might mean, you know, sitting at a distance at first while giving them treats. So they're like, OK, well, something good happens when there's someone near me now, as opposed to whatever might happen before. So it can be any of those things that you might be doing on Sunday when we're out there. I just thought to myself, okay, well, you know, what kind of skills do I have? What might I be able to do? So naturally enough, I started thinking about a run. Hmm. Um, now at the time, the initial idea um, was to run to Madra because by sheer coincidence, it is 42 kilometers from where I live to the kennels. Oh, wow. Perfect. Not e- I, I'm not even, like, literally, it's 42 kilometers. So I'd have to add on 195 meters to <laughs> cover the full marathon yeah. distance, but it's 42 kilometers. Um, so I had that idea rattling around, but that idea, uh, that meeting that I'm talking about was in January. And fairly soon afterwards, it became apparent that that's not something I was going to be able to do, um, obviously, with in light of COVID, you know. Um, right. So, so we for couldn't any, organize for anyone who who doesn't know, Ireland was quite strict for a month or so with the lockdown. When I returned, you could only leave two kilometers from your house, and then it yeah. became five kilometers. Maybe that that was only for exercise or essential yeah. to mm. supermarkets. And yeah. the basics. So yeah, I can I can relate to the idea of planning any extravagant distance, even although it was later in the year. At the time, it would have seemed a bit. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the the idea was to do it earlier in the year, you know. Okay. Um, then it evolved to my 30th birthday was in April. Um, so I had the idea to run 30 kilometers on my 30th birthday and do that as a fundraiser. Um, You're but, better than me because I did that 
minus the fundraising part. So, well. <laughs> but then, you know, I was thinking about that. And again, it was, it was at a time when everything was still pretty much locked down here. Um, so when I couldn't do it then, I thought, okay, well, I'll just do it a little bit later in the year when I can. And then I thought, well, it's not my birthday anymore. So rather than do 30 kilometers, I might as well just do a marathon and call it Marathon at Madra. Um, so that's essentially where it came from. It, it evolved in a few different forms, but uh, that's, how, that's how I got there. Oh, I like to hear the, the backstory, the, uh, the evolution into to what it turned out to be. Yeah, um, so it was fun. And, you know, I got great help from the other volunteers and staff, you know, put together a bit of a video of me running yeah. with some of the dogs. And that was really fun. Yeah, and, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure. Again, I'm going to link it below, but um, you, maybe you can explain it better than me. Madra is the Irish, the Gaelic name for dog, but it's also yes. an ac- acronym. So it's a adoption re- res- rescue center. You don't mind just sharing a bit about Madra in general? Yeah. So yes, uh, the word Madra is the the Irish language word for dog, um, but also Madra is Mutt's anonymous dog rescue and adoption. So it works on two levels. Um, and yeah, they do fantastic work, you know, taking in dogs for often from kind of abusive situations or neglectful situations or, you know, dogs that ended up in the pound yeah. or were abandoned or sometimes surrendered directly. Um, so yeah, they, they do fantastic work and it, it's, I'm really glad to be able to be involved and help out in any way. Uh, especially this year in terms of fundraising when a lot of their usual fundraisers had to be cancelled or seriously cut back. One of their yearly fundraisers, um, and it was such a pity that it couldn't go ahead this year because it's a really nice idea, what they do on the the promenade in Galway is they have a -a (laughs) dog-a-thon. So basically hundreds of people and dogs come down and walk the length of the, the prom together. Oh, wow. But again, you know, wasn't possible this year, but that would be one of their bigger kind of fundraising days. Um, so thankfully, uh, this, you know, so far, um, uh, so far, the, the marathon uh, fundraiser that I put on, it raised over 6,200 euro, which I was, you know, delighted with. I was so impressed when I saw that final figure. That's incredible because your average marathon runner for a charity might raise a couple of hundred from friends and family, but you were well into the thousands. That's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I initially set my goal as, as a thousand. Um, but in my head I was thinking I would love to get past two. Hmm. Yeah. Would have, you know, and then when it got to three, I was delighted but it was, it was at that point that, you know, with the help of some friends and sending messages to multiple different people on Facebook, Instagram, mm. media, you know, um, it, it gained a fair bit of traction in the last few days coming up to it. Nice. Um, and I think on the day itself, there was about 1,700 or 1,800 raised on, that, on the day of the marathon, which and was you, amazing, you know. But uh, yeah, they, they put up some nice videos of me running with some of the dogs, which was really fun too. Mm. Um, it did look it was like really it fun. Yeah, it was. It was really fun to run and with some it, of the dogs. I think I, I was one of those who caught on in the last few days. So a part of that big bump in uh, or the spike in donations, because yeah. it, it had always been on my mind, like, ah, oh, I can throw a few quid his way. And then 
it, it's always in the back of your mind and then you never actually do something. And then two or three days beforehand, oh, okay, now or never, basically. There was also a day oh, where yeah. you threw in uh, money for the, what, like if you, someone donated, you would put in an extra euro or something like that. So that not a, not a, without your own personal cost, both on the day in terms of your body and from your own <laughs> wallet as well, which is awesome. Yeah, well, I was just trying to think of something to um, give it an extra little push. So on the day of the marathon, I said for every five euro donated, I'll add another euro. Um, so just, you know, anything to give another little push. Yeah. And the race itself, so forget the, the, the noble cause and the, yeah. the intricacies of the loop. Actually, that might be included. How, how did it go? Like your, your nutrition, your uh, pain, like what, what were you feeling, the highs and lows? How was the race itself? Honestly, it went it went much smoother than I expected because you know, it I I knew I could do the distance because I've done uh, a few trail marathons before. The terrain, while it is it's rocky terrain and you're up and down hills a little bit. I mean, in total, it was only about six hundred and fifty meters elevation gain, so you know less elevation gain than I've done before. But it was the loops that I thought was going to make it really difficult. Um, you know, when I thought of having to do between 91 and 92 uh, yeah, of the same loop, I thought it was going to be much more difficult. I, I thought I would do what I have never done during a marathon. Um, I thought I would have some earphones in and listen to something. The reason I don't normally do that is because in all of the trail marathons I've done to date, you're not actually allowed to wear earphones for <laughs> okay. safety reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought this time it's just me. I can't be in anyone's way. Uh, maybe I will. Because past the time, but get repetitive after a while, so you need something to distract you. Yeah, but the earphones they stayed in my pocket the whole time. I never actually took them out. Um, I love I love runs like that where you almost forget. You just so yeah. love the moment. I, I think one thing that probably helped. Well, there were a few things, but one thing that definitely helped because the loop was so short. So it was only a four hundred and sixty meter loop. So you're around it quite quickly. I was seeing people very often. You know, every time we got to the end of the loop, one of the staff or volunteers or someone was there and gave a little bit of wave, or gave a little bit of a cheer, or, you know, they happened to be on the way out of the kennels with the dog to bring them for a walk down the road. They had a, they had a chalkboard there and they were marking off loops one at a time. Yeah. They also did this thing that I thought was really funny, but they got two boxes and they filled one of the boxes with dog toys. They filled it with 91 dog toys and moved <laughs> one toy into another box after every loop. Smart, smart. Keeping you uh, focused. Uh, yeah, uh, so it went by, uh, the, the loops aspect of it went by much more uh, quickly than I expected. And nice. it was also nice to run with dogs for some of it. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was quite a warm day, so I didn't keep any of the dogs out for long. Um, but... Uh, it was quite funny that I ended up running with one dog whose name is actually Loopy, uh, which is very appropriate <laughs> one of the for the day. Running with Loopy. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, actually, I think my fastest kilometer was when I was running with Loopy because she really enjoys running. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, you do see yeah. some Instagrammers or read books, autobiographies of people who have a running dog, like a running buddy, yeah. you know, man's best friend, runner's best friend. And it's yeah. like the. It's amazing. Sounds incredible. I, I, I don't have the apartment, the, the accommodation or the lifestyle to be able to adopt a dog, unfortunately. Yeah. But the moment I am, like the day I'm like 
pro suitable dog owner, I'm finding a dog that can run and they're going to be my, like my sidekick for. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're in the same position here, you know, it's where we are living now. It's not possible to have a dog, but as soon as we can, but like, there are so many times, especially when you're volunteering at a rescue and you're like, Oh, you know, I would love to bring this dog home or this one for, for different reasons, you know, for loads of different reasons. Sometimes it's because, you know, they just so badly need a home and you, you just want to give them that. Sometimes it's because like, this would be a great dog to run with. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Do you, um, do you know Katra Corbett? Or you're familiar with Katra Corbett? Uh, the name, but I don't know yeah. what they do. So she's another, she's another vegan ultra runner. Okay. Um, she has a really good book, actually. Uh, she was all, I think she was on the Rich Roll podcast. At yeah, some that, that, that's um, her really book. Good. I think her book is called From Addictions to Ultra Marathons or something like that. Um, it's a really good book. And okay. As the name suggests, it's, you know, she has, she had addiction problems earlier in her life and she's just, she has run a ridiculous amount of 100Ks, 100 milers, 200 milers, you know, but. The, the reason that you reminded me of Katra Corbett is that she does talk in her book about running with her dog, Truman. And there's some great photos. Like Truman is a, he's a little, um, um, you know, like a, a, a dashant, like oh, yeah. kind of sausage dog kind of thing. Um, so it's really funny to see, uh, <laughs> to see photos of her running with Truman. Someday. One day, man, one day we'll, we'll uh, realize it, yeah. have our own running. There's a beautiful little video. It's only about four or five minutes long. It's a Salomon TV video, video and it's called Trail Dog. Oh, and yeah. Have you seen it? No, but uh, Salomon TV do great uh, stuff and that title alone it, has me sold. It's, it's a beautiful four or five minutes. You should definitely watch it. Nice. Trail Dog. All right, there's so many links I've got to follow up on for myself. <laughs> I, I, I sat down and realized I didn't have a pen and paper, which is normally... I don't need it. I just write down some thoughts and then 10 minutes later they seem irrelevant and it's just no, uh, but I've got so many names to check out. So editing this, I'll, I'll be uh, rehearing all of the, the names and Googling as I go. It's going to be fun. That's fine. I mean, I love, like I'm very much a like trail running geek. I love, I, you know, reading about it, listening to podcasts, learning more about it, having these kind of conversations. Have you seen this video? Have you seen this video or this podcast? So yeah, happy to uh, happy to exchange a bit of that. So I, I'm definitely into it, as in I, I I love running the trails myself. I've I've run one ultra. I'd love to do many more, and I I know a lot of the the famous names and listen to the podcast, watch the videos, but I wouldn't go as far as geek levels. I don't know the <laughs> I don't know so much about it. Whereas you remind me of a friend of mine over here in the Netherlands called Mark, who has been on my podcast. He ran the ultra marathon with me. We're just running. We're, we're good friends, and we 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 go for runs. We drink beers. We have a good time. And he, but he's far more nerdy. He'll he'll tell you <laughs> biographies, where someone's from, what they've run, and he just knows more about the scene than I do. I like to get into that kind of stuff too, just for inspiration, you know, as much yeah. as anything else. Absolutely. Like when you watch one of those videos, the um, Brian Morrison, his whole story. Yeah. Which, is heartbreaking and inspiring all at the same time. So Brian Morrison, quick synopsis, is a ultra runner in America, and he was running the Western States 100-miler, which is probably the biggest, most famous 100-mile race out there. Up until that point, Scott Jurek had won the previous seven or eight, 
uh, outright like he was the king of western states and he his protege like scott passed the baton to this guy brian morrison to be the next big thing the next winner of western states and in his race he was winning i don't know about the whole thing but he was way ahead so 20 minutes ahead of the next guy and it came the race this hundred mile trail race through mountains and forests and beautiful landscapes ends in this little um school on, on, a, on a school track and you just have to round the track and cross the line and he was like i said i think it was about 20 minutes maybe a bit less but he was significantly ahead of second place on the track so he had several meters left to run of a hundred mile race and collapsed towards the finish line got up like the video the footage is heartbreaking he's just a shell like he can't get up and so every his pacers and everybody just comes up and they kind of footstep him over the line and he won the race at the time but later the the he was rushed to hospital i think and the directors came along and um withdrew his winning uh of the race because he didn't finish quote under his own steam which is according to the mm. rules so it's such a devastating like yeah final hurdle at the the last splinter of the final hurdle to have it taken away from you yeah but that's and where dreams go to die um with gary, gary robbins gary coming robbins. so close yeah those two uh they're both heartbreaking in different ways but they're both heartbreaking so there's one i don't know if it's ginger runner or it might be billy yang there's one um ultra documentary on youtube called life in a day which i think follows oh, yeah. more female runners of the western states 100 miler but i just love that phrase for an ultra marathon it's your whole life in a day the highs yeah. are higher than anything you've ever felt the lows are lower than anything you've ever felt and the brian morrison story and gary robbins as well like what a what a dude like what a super cool guy and the two stories of redemption and close calls yeah. and it's just it's the the characters involved in because it's it's important to remember as well what we're doing especially the ultra distances is mad like it's just <laughs> not something people would ever want to do so it will attract recovering addicts and weirdos and everyone in between there's such a wonderful eclectic mix of people in this community in this sport yeah absolutely um you do you meet such i mean we're talking about you know really well-known fantastic people well well-known in trail running and ultra running yeah. but you know as we were saying earlier at the local level mm-hmm. um you just you meet fantastic people in small races you know like the one that i did uh that trail marathon in Kerry that time i think there was 30 people participating in it wow. you know okay. and even the bigger ones i've done you're probably talking about 300 you know trail marathons don't tend to be huge not any of the ones that i've run in ireland anyway but so in a in a relatively small group of people you still meet lots of fantastic people that's true it's, yeah it's wonderful yeah and i i was being a bit facetious there with all the the references the mad characters it's i i don't think i've ever met somebody i've had a problem with on the trail everybody's been at no. least or amazing at the very least and yeah it's my the ultra marathon i reference is the only trail race i've done i believe yeah up until this point was in cyprus and uh, a friend of mine from november project here had a holiday home in cyprus and so she knew the running community there and it's not a massive Ooh. not a massive trail running community so we all went over to run this race that her friends were putting on and so you get to know all the local 
trail runners and in the course of an ultra marathon it took seven hours for me you there were 60 people running the ultra i probably talked to at least half of them and got to know <laughs> them. i've i've added friends on facebook from that race that i still talk to to this day there's there's just such a connection on that level that yeah uh, absolutely you, you might meet nice people on a road race but people are kind of it might be their first time or they might be like competitive and pushing their limits and it's just it's there's not enough time and not not enough space to make friends and have a bit of crack on the on the course it's a race whereas on the trails it's far more casual far more you know we're all out here to have a good time yeah it does it does seem to be that way yeah i really enjoy it absolutely and so to to wrap up in in some way um when i first started my podcast my first interview was with a cool friend of mine over here uh, way, um way of life that's his instagram name paul paul way was his name and he's a plugger. Have you heard of plugging? I hadn't heard of it until your podcast about it. Oh, <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. But yeah, so he's a really cool guy. And plugging is basically the act of picking up litter as you're running yeah. and jogging. Um, and in our chat, I ended it with a question I got, uh, uh, inspiration, let's call it that, I got from the 10 Junk Miles podcast of asking each guest for an album a book and a movie they would have to take to a desert island you know one of each and i thought this is going to be my regardless of the vegan chat or running people might not be into that but everyone can relate to a good album a good movie whatever and that was going to be my sign off question for all of my guests and i've had three guests before you and i forgot on the other two that i <laughs> mentioned to ask this question at all so i'm getting back on track now so as a vegan, you've probably got that stupid desert island question often, but in a different way. In a different way. <laughs> but you are voluntarily, let's say, going to a desert island for some reason. You can take one album, you have a record player of some description, one movie and one book. Only one of each for okay. how, God knows how long. So what are you picking? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a thinker, that's for sure. I, I think for the album... Because with an album, you have to think of something that you never get tired of listening to and that you listen to in different moods. At least I would have to think that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the question here. Uh, and actually, I think you will appreciate this one because the album would be To Let, Xavier Rudd. Mm, okay, yeah. Very good. That, was that would be first, the album. Wasn't it? Uh, first or second, I can't remember for sure. It was definitely one... one very early, yeah. First or second, anyway. Xavier Rudd, nice. And wh how did you, what about that album? Like, how did you discover Xavier Rudd? It was actually when uh, an auntie of mine, I can't remember what year it was, I guess it was around 2000, 2001. Um, she had been in Australia for a year ah. and she came back and maybe 2002, because I was probably about 11 or 12. She came back and she was like, you have to listen to this. You will like this guy. Um, so you were so, already venturing into those more like hippie alternative territory? Not not really, no. She was kind of the one that, uh, she. I, I don't know, like we, she would be an auntie that um, I would have similar tastes in a lot of things. Nice. So I think she was just like, I like this music. I think you will like this music. I was only kind of getting into music in general at that yeah, age. Yeah, you know, at that age. General, 11 or 12 so um so yeah that that's how i first started listening to xavier rudd yeah that's a cool answer um, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, then the next one was what? TV or movie? Or? A movie, a TV show if you want, but one movie that you would take ideally. Okay. Um, okay. One movie. TV show, I can definitely think of easier because I don't watch, I'm not a big movie watcher, really, to be okay. honest. Okay, so, um, so what would it be then? What's your box set? If it, if it was TV show, it would be Avatar The Last Airbender. I could, hmm. I never tire of watching that. No, Do you I watch it? I haven't seen it at all. I've, uh, got, I've got all my friends that I trust with their opinions telling yeah. me it's amazing. So I know yeah. the moment I give it any time, I'm I'm gonna be hooked. Yeah, and actually, it's ju- it's it's just recently gone onto Netflix, um, oh, which has perfect. brought it to a much wider audience, actually. But if it if it wasn't if it wasn't that, if it had to be a movie, like one of my kind of um, you know could watch any time or watch when I'm just not feeling great, would be pretty much any of the Harry Potter movies. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've written that down as well. Your Instagram bio references Harry Potter, like right up there. I forget the name, but like vegan running, whatever, Harry Potter. Yeah. So you pick a movie, which one then? uh, If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's my go-to. It's a good one. But uh, then if it was a book and one book, uh possibly the hobbit okay because that the hobbit is the the hobbit is one of those books that for a good while uh i used to read it once a year at christmas oh. i don't know why it just happened one christmas that i was at home i wasn't doing much and i hadn't read it in ages i was back in my like childhood bedroom and i found it <laughs> and then i was like then the next christmas i read it again and the following christmas just while i was at home it became a thing um, and it's just, it's a really nice, easy book to read. Um, so I think if I was stuck, you know, on a, I'd want something like comforting and familiar. So all of my choices there are kind of comforting, familiar things, you know, so that you, I don't tire of. You've gotten the, the essence of the question very well there. As in, <laughs> I could tell you, I'm currently listening to a lot of Trampled by Turtles, an American folk act. And I'd like, oh, I love one of their albums. It's on repeat for me right now. But that's mm-hmm. right now. Uh, like yeah there, there's always that album on my cd stack that is never fails i'll put it on rain yeah. or shine, whatever mood i'm in and it just hits right because of the variety that's what you need it's not just whatever the big buzz is it's it yeah gotta have enough yeah i mean substance to it absolutely i think everything i mentioned there is at least 10 years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, or much longer actually if you think of it like that album was probably well, if it was one of his first albums, that must 90s. have been like two, sorry? Early noughties, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. And I mean, obviously, The Hobbit is much, much older. <laughs> Slightly, yeah. And uh, Harry yeah. Potter. So, yeah, all that's, yeah. Yeah. So, Good choices um, all around. Um, with regard to Harry Potter, which house are you in? According to Pottermore Gryffindor. Okay. You sound skeptical, though. Is that? Do you, would you have put yourself there anyway? No, no, it's not that I'm skeptical. It's just that often when you say that, people are like, oh, of course it's a Gryffindor. So yeah. I qualified it. Like, well, this is what Pottermore told me. Like what, being into football and being a Manchester United fan or a Barcelona fan. Like, oh, yeah, one of <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, you're, of course you'd say that. It's the obvious one. But, um, okay. I Yeah, and actually, 
w one thing that I was really happy with, how, did you ever use Pottermore? It's been years since I was on it. But. I never used it. I did the, I, I registered and did the sorting tests and yeah. that's it. That's all I've done. Um, when I did the Patronus test that time, oh, uh, my Patronus, yeah, mine was a Rottweiler, which I was really happy with. They're such a cool dog. Perfect. Yeah. So appropriate. It has to be a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, enjoy, I quite enjoyed that. So a Rottweiler Gryffindor, that's probably the most badass answer to any Harry Potter question. <laughs> that's something I want to know. <laughs> I don't remember what my Patronus was, but my uh, Pottermore sorting hat answer was Hufflepuff. And that's certainly okay. what I'd um, figured myself as anyway. And yeah, I can see that. I can see I'm that. proud, you know. That's all. They're always the guys who get stepped on. The ones that like, oh, of course they. Nobody wants to be in Hufflepuff. Like, no, damn right. The, the, the only the only people that really have anything bad to say about Hufflepuff are the people who have just. I sorry, this is going to sound very elitist or something, but like have only watched the movies. You know, okay. like there's there's you know anyone who's kind of like really into Harry Potter. I don't think has anything against Hufflepuff. It's just kind of a throwaway comment. Like, yes, it's someone's got to be the brunt of these things. And yeah, we are a uh, kind-hearted and noble folk. We're not the we're uh, not grabbing the headlines like all the Slytherins and the Gryffindors are. <laughs> but uh, we're getting done. And it's a badger. Badgers are cool. They're a great animal. Yeah, so badgers I'm, are cool. I'm happy with that. Do you um do you watch Modern Family or have you watched Modern Family? No, not really. A couple of episodes, but not. Uh, there, there is one funny quote that you've just reminded me of where um, Phil, the dad, like he is quite funny. Yeah. Um, but it's Halloween and a kid comes to the door trick-or-treating with his um, with his mom and he's, he's dressed up as a wizard and he has like Gryffindor robes on. And when, after they close the door, Phil makes a joke about, you know, a Gryffindor letting his mom carry his broom how hufflepuff is that <laughs> wow that's quite a nice joke as well for a mother yeah i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> right well, well we'll take it that's fine <laughs> um so owen I'm, I'm gonna let you go here partly because it's just an hour later on my end and i'm huh. starting getting tired anyway and i don't want to turn anyone off with a three-hour running time. I'm not quite Joe Rogan just yet, so I can't get away with that. Uh, don't be. Please don't be. <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I want to say thank you so much. It's uh, been great to finally actually chat to you instead of just interacting. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to shout out, any follows you'd like to uh, promote before you go? Um, I don't know. I suppose I mentioned... A, a few things there that um that i suppose you said you link in the uh in yeah the, the show notes or, or yeah, whatever but um Madra would be the key one uh that you'd yeah see. of course yeah it'd be, it'd be great to have more people following uh following Madra and all the fantastic work they do and just if you like seeing lots of pictures of dogs i mean who doesn't that's all it takes yeah who doesn't and i suppose the only other thing i could think of is um yeah definitely especially well really for anyone not just Irish vegan trail runners, but any vegan trail runners. Um, Heather Gordon's account, the Plant Power Adventure, is is fantastic, and you know she puts up great stuff. And she's also running a trail running camp in Chamonix next summer. Ooh, um, nice. Something that I've signed up for myself, and I'm looking forward to going to. Awesome. It was supposed, it was, it was to be on in July, but um, postponed till next year. But the idea of getting to go spend a few days running in. Uh, 
in the mountains in Chamonix is something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. You sent that to me as a recommendation, right? What was? The name I think I did. Yeah, I, I probably did. Yeah. What's the name of that camp? Uh, Trails and Roots Trails and is Roots the camp, and uh, that was the name. Yeah. Yeah, I'll 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 send you that Instagram account as well. It's going to be a long email after this. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so um, yeah, plant powered adventure, trails and routes, Madra, and like I said, Owen is well worth the follow himself. I am guilty of stealing his um, Instagram thing of taking a picture of where you're running and using the little running man emoji. That was your uh, yeah. signature move, and your backdrops are far more stunning as well. So <laughs> his, his stories feature dogs, feature beautiful scenery, and little running man emojis quite often. <laughs> and the yeah. At Owen M. Harney, isn't it? I'll add the link down below and you can check yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well worth it. So, Owen, good amigo, Mahakat. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. We'll do it again, I'm sure. It would be lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Uh, thanks very much. No problem. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye.